So little changes, little adjustments, but the only way you make those adjustments to change where you are now, if you want to make those changes, you need to be more aware of how you're feeling right now in the moment. Wise words there from Mr. Richie Norton, who's going to be joining us on today's episode of the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And I kind of, you know, was talking to Richie, um, particularly about mindset. How do we end 2020 uh, on a high? How do we already start making some subtle changes so that we can move into 2021, really hitting the ground running and feeling like we're going to get things off on the good foot? And I know for one, uh, for myself, that Richie is just someone I look at on a frequent basis. He's on my Instagram. um, And I just, you know, he just exudes good vibes, good feelings. And he looks like someone who's having a good time in life, no matter what is going on. It doesn't mean he is 24 hours of the day, seven days a week. Nobody is. But you know, when he's not, he knows exactly how to pop himself back on his perch. And that's what this podcast is traditionally all about. And the reason I haven't put it out for the last two or three weeks is because I've been firmly off my own perch and exhausted, uh, working really, really hard, working to put out my very first podcast for another client and sort of one where I'm actually uh, the presenter of it as well. And it's just been, um, by my own admittance, something that I've put a lot of pressure in myself um, to get completely right. And when I'm spinning plates, I don't do anything well. So I just decided just um, for once to put down the responsibility of putting this podcast out on a weekly basis and focus on one thing and get it done. Uh, And that's exactly what I did. And it is already um, out on iTunes. If you do want to pop over and listen to the Gang of Witches Ibiza podcast, it's all about ecology on the island, local issues uh, through the lens of eco-feminism. So just giving that a little plug at the beginning of this show um, before we get into this interview with Richie, who is a yoga teacher. He's a coach. He's an ex-rugby player, sportsman, um, someone that's, you know, really kind of challenged himself in a lot of areas to grow and follow his path, follow his heart, follow his passions and follow his dreams and also move um, to another part of the country, just like I did moving here to Ibiza, to be more in nature, to have more access to the things that make him happy, that make him feel good and that he knows that he needs in his life to thrive. And I think if ever there was a moment, you know, maybe it is time to make some serious changes um, at the end of this year so that next year gets off in exactly the kind of fashion that we feel that it needs to. And I, for one, um, am going to be listening back to today's episode um, after I publish it one more time. Loads of good advice in there. Loads of good tips. Really, really thankful to Richie um, for being probably one of our last guests of this crazy year. Um, and um, thank you so much for coming back to find us here on the Reset Rebel podcast. Don't go away. So welcome, Richie Norton from the Strength Temple. So I've got you down as a yoga teacher, a personal trainer, 
a health and wellness professional. And you're also obviously the founding director at the Strength Temple, which I know that you've recently moved. So tell us where you're joining us here on the Reset Rebel podcast from this morning. Yeah, well, I guess it's it's still technically new. If you look at all the other places I've stayed in previously up until this point, it's been very transient. This is still an adjustment from where I've been before. I'm in South Wales. It was initially going to be like a little sabbatical from the London life, and I've never gone back. Wales has me now. <laughs> um, but originally from, from Yorkshire, I'm, I'm a northern boy, but I've been down here many years playing rugby and surfing and mountain biking, hiking, and got friends and family in Cardiff. So it was it was an e- easy transition, um, but initially didn't know how it was going to work moving from my city life where I had all my clients and had all my business and I had all my life. It's a big move, which seems less, less unusual these days. Everyone's escaped cities now, haven't they really? So it's not that unusual to have people just disappear and just try and work remotely because everyone technically is now, aren't they really? So um, yeah, so far so good, but I am teaching remotely now. I do pretty much all my stuff online unless I am allowed to travel somewhere and someone does let me in within COVID restrictions. But I've been very lucky to have nature on my doorstep, which has kept me sane and kept me active and kept me healthy. So uh, yeah, the Strength Temple is currently based in South Wales. Nice. I mean, yeah, I spent a little bit of time there not so long ago when I was living in um, Bristol. I was trans... uh, transporting myself on a daily basis over to uh, Real Radio in Cardiff and uh, as a newsreader many, many, many years ago. And I haven't actually been back there since, but I love that drive across that big, big long bridge. It was um, it was beautiful, actually, at sunrise in the morning. It was always crazy night shifts I was doing coming home in the middle of the night. From- yeah, that's my favourite time. If you're coming back at the end of the day, driving over into the sun setting, and if you're leaving early in the morning, heading over the other side towards London, the sun rising, it's, yeah. It's worth the get up for sure, and you probably wouldn't have had to pay for it. you. Probably would have had to pay for it back then as well, I suppose. No, it was it was cheap. It was free even. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, I, don't, I never paid anything. Definitely not. To come over the borders from UK to Wales, you must know the back road then. <laughs> Everyone else had to pay a fiver. <laughs> I mean, you know, looking at your Instagram, which is obviously how I found you, uh, as well as actually, we have to give my friend Karen a mention. Uh, Karen with the curly hair, who's also Welsh. And um, I tried to meet up with you at the Wellness Summit in London last mm-hmm. February, this year, actually. Mm. It didn't quite happen. But I think, you know, as I was saying, like from your Instagram um, and, and, kind of looking at your account nature is like the number one thing that kind of sets your world on fire and you know we talk about reset tools on the show a little bit but it's like you know particularly right now there's not much else to do really apart from get outside and kind of get air Mm -hmm. and be Mm -hmm. um, in motion I think particularly for the for the headspace it's kind of important Mm -hmm. yeah well I I think it's one of the things we lack more than anything else if we're stuck indoors we're hunched over our phones we're not looking up we're looking down we're you know on our laptops we're on our computers we're busy 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 we're in our houses it's it's a huge missing piece the puzzle I think most people could get a lot of joy from and take for granted or neglect it and it wasn't and I was one of those people because I lived in, lived in London for a few years and really got the priorities all mixed up and I was wondering why my headspace wasn't that great 
and why I wasn't really feeling fulfilled and satisfied. And there's always something that I felt I needed and I was trying to escape every chance I got. We just did a lot of the time we ignore these signs. We ignore these signals, these warning signs that we need to change things, make, you know, change and shift something. And it wasn't until I moved to Wales that I realized how much this was a huge part of the, the puzzle for me to keep myself physically and mentally in a good place. So the more I've delved into that and the more I practice it with clients, the more I teach it, the more I take people out on these trips and, you know, these workshops and expose them to it and see their transformation in just a matter of hours, you realize a lot of people need more of this in their lives. And for me, it's, it's an absolute game changer on an extreme level in many cases, because I like to throw myself in the cold and like throw myself in intense heat, you know, jump off rocks and <laughs> dive in silly places. And, um, I think that's just another element to it, but it's still in nature and it's still at the mercy of nature. And I, I love that balance. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the number one thing that I love <laughs> watching about your account is that um, you do a lot of cold water swimming in the mornings, which is like a real thing here, particularly this season. I've never seen so many people getting up at sunrise and jumping in the water and you know I've even started doing it myself recently into I mean obviously I'm sure my my sea isn't quite as cold as yours definitely not that's like a bath in Ibiza <laughs> I'm not even sure that counts as a cold bath it's just like an early wash <laughs> a quick bathe yes exactly yeah. but, uh, it looked bloody freezing when you you and your girlfriend went swimming yesterday and there was waves and it looked a little bit tumultuous uh, quite um yeah terrifying actually I just thought I'm not sure if they're actually yeah. a little bit hesitant but um yeah I kind of admire that bravery um, for just leaping in there mm -hmm. every day no matter what your headspace or your mindset is when you wake up in the morning I mean that's the number one mm -hmm. game changer that I've been uh, experiencing personally but I see that's clearly mm -hmm. why you get up and and do that come what may even when it looks hellish and I'm like how is he doing mm -hmm. that mm. yeah well it's 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 got two sides for me when I expose people to it. And even myself still, you never really get to the point where you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be amazing. It's going to feel great from the start. It, there's a lot of mind games that go on, but it's, it's facing into that fear. It's facing into the challenge of it all. It's, it's, you know, exposing yourself to little doses of that stress and feeling great once you've worked through it and you've used your breathing and you've, you've been able to come out of it and you've, reacclimatized and the high you get from that and the physical mental like buzz you get from that that becomes the addictive draw to it um obviously when there's big waves as well it's a very different adventure because you know you are swallowing leaves and the, the waves are going to smash you and it's a rocky beach where we are as well when it's that high but again, it's being in that environment where you do feel a bit like, oh, you're not quite sure how this is going to go down. That's what I crave. And, and I think it's playing with the edge of whatever that fear is to the individual that we miss. We play in our safe zone way too much. So we're, our bodies aren't really feeling challenged. We're not really feeling that dopamine hit, that reward of challenging ourselves. We're just staying in that safe box way too much. Uh, and that's restricting us developing and, and evolving, in my eyes anyway. I was pretty blown away. I saw a, a video, um, I think it was just around about the end of the summer, about a surfer. Um, and I know you've just got into surfing in your 30s. But um, I think, you know, watching this video of uh, Maya Gabeira, who actually surfed the biggest wave of the whole year. Um, she's a Brazilian woman. And she's mm -hmm. only, I think, late 20s. But when I, um, 
saw this piece of news drop when I, I, I work as a newsreader as well. And I just saw this piece of news drop and I was like, not only did it get announced, like the, I think the men's got announced back in like February or March, but they weren't quite sure how big this wave was, but it was like 72 feet. Mm-hmm. And, and when I did a lot more sort of looking into her history and I got slightly mildly obsessed with her, <laughs> it was like, she actually had like a massive, massive accident back in 2017 when she broke her back in like a couple of places, like during big mm-hmm. wave season. But it just mm. kind of reminded me of that, you know, what you were saying in one of your posts about, you know, that feeling of just being up for a heartbeat. You know, I guess in her mm. case, it's only really when she's, you know, sliding down the lip of that wave that she's up. And the rest of the time, she's either being towed or she's waiting or, you know, but that moment is enough for her to keep her going mm. back. And despite the fear that must have come into her world from that horrible accident. And I just think, you mm. know, if you can conquer that, then you can conquer anything. It's just a mental game of just you know, winning over what your mind, I guess, is is ultimately telling you. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Surfing has many different levels and a spectrum of people involved, I think, all there searching for an experience, you know, searching for that that little, that high, that hit, that that opportunity to ride a wave, even if it's just like one foot and it's the first time you've stood up, that feeling, you know, and some people, you know, grasp, grasp it quite quickly some people take months and months and months and they're still always feeling like they're just starting but they're still in it because they're chasing that experience they've had that one bit of exposure to that feeling of you know good energy good vibes you know that that draw that pulls them in every time even though they might get smashed you know breaking your back and jump doing those big waves is, is an absolute extreme but obviously there are people that want to play with death a little bit and, you know, and the risk of it all and, you know, the, the price you have to pay at that level, but that can happen anywhere. And again, going back to that area where people stay in their comfort zone because, oh, it's not for me or, oh, I couldn't do that. Or no, I've never been able to do that. It's very sort of negative. You know, it's, it's, it's you're not allowing yourself to develop. Everybody has the ability to adapt. Everybody has the ability, no matter where they're starting from, ability to make progress to improve in some way to always better themselves what that is 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 obviously different to the person surfing at 30 or whatever it was i think i was at 32 when i eventually actually started to surf <laughs> uh, i didn't have lessons i just thought do you know what i'm going to give it a go and i'm just going to give it a crack i'm just going to just see how i get on and it was that sort of mental like battle that i constantly had every day even though i got smashed that I got drawn to was one day I was like, oh, that was different. Oh, I didn't think I could do that. That happened. Oh, I didn't, you know, and you start to have this self-reflection time, but that's empowering and that's exciting. And you get all these like dopamine hits and, you know, we create this natural high and it's what a lot of people never, ever really experience because they just don't step that little bit further outside of that comfort zone. And surfers that do the big wave stuff are obviously playing high-risk game, but the highs outweigh the potential risks for most of them because they've just always found that next step, that next challenge. They've always wanted to improve it. So anybody like that coming into, whether it's sport, whether it's setting the bar a bit higher in your business or improving your health and your well-being, changing your lifestyle, it, you have to work out where you are now and what level you're at. And understand what draws you to something or what, what you're curious about. Audit your life. What can you change? What's the first thing available to you? Is it like going for a, a dip in the cold ocean? 
Is it going up a hill? You've never done a hill hike before. You know, have you stayed in this little comfortable box and not realised you're just in this hamster wheel doing the same thing all day, every day, and it's so familiar? Is that really bettering you? Is that improving your health? Are you doing everything you possibly can to, you know, delve a little bit deeper into the, the ability to get the most out of life and to feel happy and to, you know, go after what is that you've been, you know, searching for or dreaming about? It's just now for me, the world is open. We can do anything. We can go anywhere. I mean, within COVID restrictions, obviously, but we can... We can do so much more with the time that we have that a lot of people just need that little bit of a nudge to actually make that next step. And then maybe they will become a big wave surfer. Maybe they will become a mountain climber. Maybe they'll just enjoy hiking that they never thought they'd, they'd enjoy, but they actually love it now. And now their health is better and they feel happier and they're more fulfilled. You know, so I feel like there's this spiral of like potential that can just grasp someone's attention and they can get pulled down that path and have their life changed but unless you're willing to step into it you're never really going to know so for me I, I like to think that surfing was just one of those doorways down the path that stuck and now my whole life is built around surfing I've got like 18 surfboards I don't need but you know it, <laughs> but the way I look at it I just think well if I can just be one person in someone's life that helps them open that door or go down that path, jump into that whirlwind, you know, and just experience that. Ooh, I didn't know I could do that. And then they're off. Then great. That's it. And then hopefully that person then passes that on. I mean, that's how I like to see this moving forwards. So yeah, that was a bit more of expansion around what you asked me, but I think it's important <laughs> to elaborate around where my mind is and what I'm trying to get other people to tap into if that makes sense yeah it makes total sense complete and utter and uh, it's good to see you light up when you start to talk about yeah getting into those natural highs and creating that yeah that spiral of of good feeling and good vibes like you know once you get onto that plane you kind of want to stay there and mm. that's the addictive part of those natural natural highs and I think um I don't know what the exact science is behind them but I I really feel like you know, we remember those highs more than we do, I don't know, the kind of drunken highs or the other kind of highs that exist in Ibiza. But I feel like, you know, once you start to create those kind of feelings or sensations in your body, they're definitely more kind of memorable, I think, than the, mm. than the other kinds mm. of highs. And I think, you know, one of my favorite yoga teachers, um, David Tsai of Yoga Beat said that we are hardwired like as humans for pleasure. And I think he's, he's absolutely right. But, it, you know, it seems obvious to me that the reason you're so passionate about um, what you do and um, you know, the kind of help that you give people is obviously you must've been through your fair share of something along the way to, to make you want to, to do that for people. So, I mean, obviously you started out as a rugby player before you became a coach, but what mm. was kind of the, the lows that you hit to kind of make you want to do what you do now? Well, I think the way I reflect on this, the more I get asked that sort of element of, what the transition was or what's where the transformation came from or the shift of energy. I reflect and think, well, everybody experiences different things through life. Um, you know, call it trauma, call it drama, call it, 
illness, sickness, um, something that really hopefully causes you to audit your life and check in where you're at and what you're doing and whether it's the right place you want to be. And when those signs, when those opportunities come up, we need to delve a little bit deeper to, you know, understanding why, how we got there, why we got there. And is that where we want to stay or do we want to create, create some change? And it's when you don't do something about it and you do ignore those signs and you just keep feeding into the negative or you keep feeding into that pit of misery or that self-sabotage that you have to accept that was your choice. But again, you can change at any point. And I played with this. So the reason I can sort of openly say that is I thought, oh, I'll just work through it. I'll just keep pushing and it will just work out. It will change. It will change. But I wasn't changing. So the rugby side of things, I, I started to eat really shit, shitty food. I stopped training as much. I, um, I moved to Ibiza for a little bit. And that, that, even though it was great fun, I just uh, I kind of lost my way and my purpose and like my direction. Didn't really know what to do. But as most people that finish their sporting career feel very lost in a world that they don't belong or didn't prepare for. And I thought, well, I'll just keep working down this path and see what happens, see how it unfolds. And it never really worked out to be a place I wanted to be because I wasn't steering the ship. I was being led by other people. or I was just taking one day at a time, just hoping things would appear in front of me. But it wasn't until I thought, oh, it's me that needs to change. I need to create the shift. I need to change something to, for anything to change and to be start to start to go down a path that I feel is right for me. And it took a lot of like pretty hairy wake ups in various forms, like getting ill, um, mentally being in a really dark place that you just feel that you're never going to get out of it. Uh, feeling pretty lonely with it all. And like, losing losing money in things that I thought were like sure things, but really they never really felt right. So oh, there was a lesson, but I ignored it. I'll still keep pushing because that might work. And I think if I'd gone back now and had a chance to whisper in my ear, it would be like, mate, wake up. All the signs are there. You're not well. You're not healthy. Your mindset is way out of whack. It's super negative. You're super self-destructive. You're not taking care of the little things like your health at all. And it's just diminishing. And it's then had a knock and effect to everything else, how you speak to people, your attitude, how you talk to yourself. So I was in this like self-destructive mentality, but also naive, ignorant, and just ignoring all of these signs. And I think if I'd now they become my strengths because I realized shit, I actually actually came through quite a lot and they're now what I'm able to relate to when other people tell me their stories and know the challenges, the battles, and maybe the, the obstacles that they face to help them navigate it where I thought, where I wish I'd had someone to help me, but it took a few people that popped into my life and said, right, Rich, you know, you're better than this, or have you looked at it this way before? You know, have you, you know, are you happy where you are? How are you? How are you really getting on? And it wasn't until someone had stopped me and, and asked me those questions or shown me a different perspective 
that I eventually saw, oh, oh yeah, that does make sense. And it was those people, it was those, yeah, it was those people that gave me insight into another potential outcome other than the one I thought was I was destined for. So I wanted to become that person. I thought, well, I'm going to like use this journey, use this experience as much as it isn't always smooth sailing for anybody. Embrace that they are the challenges and the lessons and the obstacles that you've overcome that eventually become your strengths and stories you can tell to help others. And don't be afraid to lean into something that, you know, potentially is quite scary and really out of your comfort zone. And what are the tools you need to work through those challenges? My tools were nature, activity, training, yoga, um, surrounding myself with the right kind of people, practicing gratitude, all the things that I talk about now and I really like believe in and were the tools that I use to get me to where I am now and that I keep using. So everybody has the ability to go on their own journey, learn from it, don't feel stuck, challenge everything, audit everything, check in on yourself make a few adjustments and then change the, change the story, you know, or, you know, adjust the building blocks, learn some new tools, but don't just settle for the way things are being the way they have to be. You can change at any point. How it ends is up to you. Where it goes from here is up to you. And as soon as you kind of like let that soak in, you're like, oh yeah, I do want to change. I better change. What's the first thing I can change? I could probably eat better, probably sleep a bit better. Should probably get out a bit more. Actually, my friends aren't that positive. Not really happy in this relationship. Well, there are a few things I can do like that. And and it it was that. And that's not a quick fix unless you're really like, you're on it. But that just needs to be more of a lifestyle choice. And then making those little changes day by day to eventually... You're on a path that's just constantly giving back to you because your purpose is improvement. You know? Anyway, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> but yeah, you see where I was going with that then, you know, about the, because the, the, the struggles that we go through, if we learn from them and see them as a chapter of where we were kind of like exposed to something that was there to teach us something, as long as you do change from that or you use that as a lesson and you use that as an opportunity to make a positive change, don't let it become something that you're, you're disappointed about yourself with. Or we all make mistakes. We all make decisions that we, we aren't that proud of. But as long as you see that as the, the time where you shifted something to make an improvement or improve your life or someone else's then own it own it and let it be a powerful tool that you build from and that way you don't get stuck in the past you just look at all those situations as the reason you're here now getting stronger but do something about it don't put it off yeah everything you say resonates obviously uh, and is definitely you know Particularly what you were saying about Abidro, it's a very, very hard place 
to live if you're not in your power one million percent because um mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here that can uh, you know topple you off your perch and i think unless Big time. You've, uh, you've got your got your uh, strength together mentally <laughs> and clarity about what you what you want and where you're going and like how you're going to mm-hmm. get there yeah, it's very easy and very quick. I think the mighty fall pretty pretty quickly around here. But um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's how this Reset Rebel idea kind of was born mm-hmm. for me personally, because I felt like there was definitely a point here when I first arrived. And, you know, I was in a pretty pretty bad place when I got here. I'd left um, Brighton, I was teaching yoga, and just really wasn't making enough money like to be a full-time mm-hmm. yoga teacher probably like 10 years ago. And um, I kind of arrived here with a, a new job under my wings and quickly that sort of fell apart really because there was no funding left in the project and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I suddenly like kind of signed up for a house and a car and a, you know, my, mm. kind of, like, put my life on the dotted line and then everything kind of tumbled away. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And mm. totally I got caught up in, uh, you know, the usual Ibiza stories when I first arrived. And it was like I had to reset my, you know, reset my mental headspace on a daily basis mm-hmm. to try and sort of get myself back on track and I think you know it's very 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 difficult sometimes to to understand that acceptance mm-hmm. is only really you that's giving yourself a hard time about anything if you can yeah. accept whatever you're doing and and to be honest that's really all it's about in in my own humble experience I feel like yeah. you know, if you're sitting there judging yourself and beating yourself up for every single thing you're doing then of course it's time to make a change because you know, it's only you that's observing that, that, you know, behavioral pattern mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was not impressed with myself and I really needed to sort it out, but I'm intrigued as to what was your, what was your little dalliance with Ibiza in, in you said you came here after you finished your sporting career. Yeah. I, I'd come back from, where was I? I was playing rugby in America. I got a contract to go and play in, in the States that I thought might have been the big break and or at least, you know, an opportunity to rebuild because it was in, in the season between the UK window that I was going to hopefully come back after some injury recovery. But that injury never really got dealt with because I didn't really know what I was doing back then. I didn't know how to heal or repair properly. You know, we, we didn't really have the resources we have now and the understandings we have now to delve deeper into it all and, that's upsetting because if I could go back to that that time, I could probably could have repaired myself. But I came back and tail between my legs, injured, really deflated. And I guess like 24. My uh my I had some friends in London who I'd met just before I went out there. They say, hey, we're going to Ibiza. We're going on a little holiday. We want you to come. You should come. I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to come. I had no idea what I was getting myself in for. Ibiza was never on my radar at all. I'd never really been out, like, partying. Like, I'd never really been on summer holidays. I think I went to Benidorm with my dad when I was, like, 14 or something like that. You know, I I was, like, rugby and then whatever I got up to when I was at home. But that was it. So Ibiza was, like, a huge ramp up into that world. And obviously I was, like, the wheels had come off because I had no contracts to go back to, no club to go back to. It was like I was a free agent. So I was like, woohoo, had a time in my life. And I, it was only like a week, but a week that almost broke me. But I had, a, I had a great time. And I came back and 
what happened then? I think was it the year after? No, it was, yeah, no, sorry, 2004 it was. I went back because I had so much fun and I was like, I was craving that fun, that high of like life in every, every sense of the world, word. And within, I moved out there, I got an apartment with a mate of mine who was moving out there. It kind of like got laid out for me quite easily. I'll oh, come and hang out with me. Um, I, I do a bit of work around the bars. I look after a lot of the, the DJs and he was, I don't know what he was up to, but up to all sorts. And he was like, come and stay with me. And the short version of what is a very long story over like three years, in the first few weeks of being there, he introduced me to some people. And because of, I was a bit of a lump back then and uh, rugby, you know, so I, I, I got chatting some about my rugby and I got chatting about lots of other things going on that my, my connections and the people I met just happened to align with people that had things and lots of pies. So I got to know all the DJs. I got to I start to pick up DJs. When you start to pick up big DJs, you get to know the bouncers. And when you start to know the security, you get to have a bit of free run about everywhere. And then you get to meet the, the club owners. And the club owners then, you know, see you as a respectable, trustworthy person. If you get the trust of someone and you're reliable, you become quite, a, you know, a powerful asset. So within the first month of me being there, I had a security um, outfit where I'd pulling all my pals and we'd look after villas because they were getting robbed and stuff like that at the time. So we would like go around just start checking on villas and like sitting in villas. And then we, in the side before that happened, before it got dark, we'd drive around all the dancers for all the pre-parties. And then off the back of that, I'd have a, a, a mate who would be sorting out like food, um, uh, ice creams and like uh, treats and all these like, um, things for the DJs and put them in their hotel rooms and we'd meet all that the staff and before you know it we're doing all these celebrity gigs and we're being invited to pool parties with Jay-Z and and it's just like it's something you just would never ever possibly imagine happening all my other pals that had gone there at 24 were like flyering on the streets and I was I was not doing that completely on the other end of the spectrum and I just had the time of my life and using those networks and it being such a, a profitable and fun experience. I went back again the next year. And I think I went back again the next year, but I cut that short because I realized my brain was probably not in a very good place by that point. So anyway, the point was I had a great time. Don't regret it, but it's, you know, this story for a lot of people and it can go one way or the other. It can leave with happy memories. Or it can leave with, well, mixed, mixed memories. And you can, you know, you can, you experiment, I experimented. I very hedonistically, you know, went all in, but in the best possible way, surrounded by the best possible people. I never felt like not safe, but just free run of the island. I felt like I was, you know, just like do whatever I want. There was no restrictions anywhere. And I'd never really had that. So I was drawn to that, not just Ibiza, but just that lifestyle, that freedom, that, oh, just living and just being and then that just opened up the doors for me to go back to London. And I worked in that scene for a little bit in the same scene in London off season. But then I realized that that probably wasn't sustainable. And a few wake up calls, I went to go and live in this, uh, it was Val d'Azere. So I did a couple of seasons. I went to do the season air, I started running a bar in Val d'Azere. 
after going on a ski trip, I met, I got friends with the owner of the bar and then he had a hotel and his hotel staff, they lost the barman and I just ran a bar in this chalet and had a time of my life and skied all day and just drank at night with my, the owners and the, the guests. So that was pretty fun. And that, just like these things came up because I was just being proactive about making connections and wanting to try stuff and just not being satisfied where I was. I was always like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And as soon as it wasn't really like, give me what I needed, I changed it. Anyway, that is a long story, still a long story, but you get the gist of like, just not being satisfied and not just settling for what it was, if it wasn't right. Um, and then eventually found myself back in London and I, I got into trying to go into business stuff and property. And that's when I lost a load of money, just making some bad calls because I didn't really know what I was doing, but <laughs> they don't always end well, but it was still a lesson and I was still curious and I still learned a lot. Um, and then I moved to Australia and then that's when I got back into my training and my surfing, my yoga, and that just changed my life. And yeah, that's another chapter completely. I watched a, a talk at that summit that we almost uh, crossed paths at in February with um, Johnny Wilkinson. He was talking to mm-hmm. Ben, uh, who had this retreat with yeah. in Ibiza. And he was talking to Johnny um, about his career. And he was kind of saying, you know, some of those really crazy moments for him were, you know, when he was sitting in the changing rooms, just like literally too scared to go out on the pitch. And mm-hmm. he actually physically wanted to just open the door and, and run away. And I was kind of thinking like, you know, obviously that's not how it gets portrayed or the imagery we see in the aftermath of him winning the World Cup and he's parading through the streets. And it was very interesting Mm. to hear him being so open and being so vulnerable and being so honest. And obviously he's not playing rugby anymore, but you kind of like wonder, I mean, he started up this kombucha brand and everything else. And, you know, he's obviously, I would imagine, got enough money to to lead um, a good life for now. But you kind of feel like, you know, when you were saying when you had injury and whatever happened to you in your sporting career, like mm-hmm. what aftercare is there for people whose entire lives are based around, you know, their sport and being in a certain point of fitness and physical shape to continue kind of earning that, you know, lifestyle they've become accustomed to through their through their career and through their passion and through their, you know, their only thing that they know how to do at that point in the game. And it's kind of like, wow that's you know it's almost like when you get spat out of the army you know you don't know anything else and it's like well what are you going to do now and I think that's quite a it's an interesting thing I think particularly for men because you know they're kind of used to having this environment and this I guess prestige to a certain degree and you know being put on a pedestal in some of those sports but then all of a sudden it's like how do you you know you say you were eating bad food and you weren't training anymore and all of a sudden you've got this great big kind of muscular figure that's no longer sort of, you know, naturally, organically just mm. behaving itself. You've got to, you know, you've got to keep that work up. It doesn't, doesn't do it for itself. So it's, it's, mm. it's kind of, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story, like unraveling that kind of positioning in life. I think you, you've obviously been through and, and trying to find your niche and carve out the position you are now, which is obviously something mm. that makes you really, really happy. That's very, very clear and mm. apparent from, uh, you know, the way you come across and all the things you do and, Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful that, you know, you've managed to find that, but it, it's taken you quite a long time by the sounds of it to get to where you are now. Yeah. And I think it's, it's never really going to stop. You know, I, I know where I'm, where I'm at now is, is what I love to do. And, and I see it as being valuable to others and a, a nice purpose. 
But I think some people can figure it out quite quickly if you're searching for it in the right places and you're curious and you listen to the right signs, the right senses and the right feelings, the right vibes. But I think the, the more you search, the, the more resilient you're going to become, the more wise you're going to become, the, the more you're going to understand what else is out there and, and be able to make more educated, informed decisions. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm 40 and I'm still like nowhere near satisfied with where I am. I'm content, but I still want to build more. I still want to create more. I still want to see what else I can achieve and build because I'm never completely satisfied. I'm, I'm happy where I am. I could quite carry on like now and that's fine. If you're happy where you are, I think that's individual to everybody, but some people figure out when they're 20 years old and go, this is what I'm going to meant to do. And I'm going to build something great and it's going to be incredible. And you're going to love that journey. And that's you. But we all go on our own little journeys. And I think it's important to mention, even if you're like 50, 60, 70 years old or later, and you're like, eh, just not quite satisfied where I'm at. Well, what are you searching for? What do you want to do? What are you curious about? You know, even, you know, even then you might have achieved something great. You might have built something great. But if you're, if you're searching for more, don't stop. You know, we, we can always be improving. We learn more and more every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're figuring out more and more about, you know, what we're capable of all the time. Things have changed in just 10 years of me being a personal trainer that I don't teach anymore because it's just it's been proven to be inefficient. So it's, we've got to keep evolving. We've got to keep learning. We've got to stay curious. You know, that's not just good for our physical health, but for our mental health. Never be satisfied. If as soon as our brain and our bodies aren't challenged anymore and we're going for the hamster wheel, doing the same pattern all the time, things start to shut down. And that's when all these other neurological issues start to kick in. So unless you're moving and you're challenging yourself physically and mentally, stepping out your comfort zone, you're slowly decomposing. You're slowly shutting down. It's a, it's a crazy thing to look at, but that's, things don't fire the same. So things shut down. Parts of your brain, parts of your body no longer used, they're going to start to decay. They're going to start to shut down. And it seems a bit depressive, but it's like, wake up. That's why we should be doing more. That's why you should be getting up every day and going for a swim in the ocean because it is a vibe and it makes you feel alive. And your body's like, whoa, and everything's like alive and firing. You need to do more of that. Otherwise, it's going the other way. So that's why I do what I do. It's that exact feeling that I need to be doing more to stimulate everything because I'm not going out like that unless that's my story. Obviously you can't predict everything, but I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure that's not something I leave on the table. And I think if you do that, you'll know you've done your best. And I think that's a nice way to stay positive and optimistic, isn't it? It's quite funny because um, you remind me a bit of the, the, the happy pair boys who I'm certainly in love <laughs> with them in Ireland. Like I just love, their positivity, they get out, they do exactly what you did. They go and jump in that crazy Irish sea. You just think, what the hell are you guys up to? But they just look deliriously happy every day. Mm-hmm. The positivity that radiates out of that Instagram account is just beautiful. And I love it. Um, and I felt the same about you the other morning when um, I woke up with a bit of a hangover, actually, after my birthday on Formentera. And I woke up, I was feeling horrific. And uh, my boyfriend had gone to the shops to get some breakfast. Staying in one of those little um, 
little cottages with like nothing, not even salt, not pepper, not nothing. So I was like, okay, fine, you can go off and sort that out. <laughs> it's my birthday. That's um, apparently what I'm allowed to do. But um, then I, ha- I happened to pop onto Instagram and um, you kind of rocked up with your reggae yoga. And I thought, well, this is my moment <laughs> to sort this out and get back on track. So I, I kind of jumped out of bed and um, yeah, he came back to a very different person who 20 minutes later after good reggae music but you know it's just your general aura of like I'm happy and you can get involved in all of this and get your ass out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning and I know that you did your last one today and I I really think that that's a good time to um take some time for yourself over Christmas but um yeah it was very infectious fair play for doing that when you're hungover (laughs) I mean it's just a bit of fun it's you know it's a few minutes out of your day but it's more reflecting on you know the little days or should I say the, the days when you make that little bit more conscious effort to do a little bit more than you're, you know, telling yourself you're capable of might surprise you. And that's why it's small little bite-sized sessions. Um, I, I get to the point where I have to obviously top up my own batteries, but also it's like people need to create change. And for change to come, you've got to keep things, you know, mixed up or you've got to mix things up a little bit more, let's say. So like you got up, you made that decision already. Just making that decision is like, well, didn't know I was going to do that or fair play, you know, good on me. You know, that lifts your spirit. That's already a huge step further than you just festering on the couch all day. So just start. And that's why I hope it's, you know, it's a bit silly. I try not to take myself too seriously, but you know, I turn up to a live because I might put it off myself unless I commit to doing that live. So I make myself accountable. So you have to find that accountability to something to help pull you out of those days when you're not quite feeling up to it. And that's why setting some intentions and, you know, having a bit of an idea of what you're doing it for in the first place is that reminder, shit, I do need to do this because it's really important for my health. And I always talk myself out of it. So I just remember, I always talk myself out of it and just start. And that's why I start with walking or breathing or just a little stretch and see where you go. And, you know, you felt that in just a short few minutes of reggae yoga. I felt something. It was full on. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, sweated out my sins, that's for sure. So thanks for that. Um, I, I, I'm aware of the time. I don't want to make you overrun. We've got 10 minutes before you've got a meeting. So I just want to finish. And the reason I kind of really wanted to get in touch with you at this particular point in the uh, in the year and I mean everyone's like oh 2020 what a disaster it's been horrendous <laughs> and actually I've had well personally I've had one of the best years ever and I think you know this kind of stopping and being still and being forced to kind of you know take a little check-in has been um, incredibly good for me personally um, and I feel like I'm going to make a lot of changes next year in the way that I work in the way that I you know just basically treat myself in general and the commitments that I agreed to making in my own working diary need to <laughs> need to seriously change. And, you know, I think instead of, you know, kind of blaming 2020 for all of the, you know, the situations that we're currently in, and some people don't get me wrong, I've had an absolute stinker and they've lost their jobs and terrible things have happened. I, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about in general, rounding and wrapping things up this year as, as not being one of our best years is, is fair enough in some circumstances, but ultimately, you know, it's about mindset and it's about, you know, as you said, changing the game and deciding and setting an intention to, you know, make things even more amazing next year. And I think how can people, instead of making these ridiculous promises themselves in terms of their sort of New Year's resolution list, which I always hate, you know, how we do, what can we do now in December to get ready for next year so that we just go into 2021 just feeling like the best we can feel and 
not making crazy commitments that we're going to kind of break and feel even worse about ourselves five minutes after January has started? Well, first thing that comes up is this isn't just for December. I think this is every day. You know, if, you know, one step in front of the other, you know, one step after the next, one day after the next, just making changes, you know, being more present in your actions. We're, we're, we're becoming more and more like robots, you know, walking around like zombies, you know, in autopilot. And so our body's no longer, you know, having a moment to check in and to understand how we're feeling and what needs to change. We're not... Well, I say we, you know, but majority of people are just mindlessly going through each day, just in like this hamster wheel that I talk about. I'm just completely unaware of where they can make a little change to have more of a positive outcome with that day and to improve their health. So, you know, let's say these, you know, we're looking to lose weight, you know, these, these um, news resolutions that come up. I'm trying to get fit. I'm trying to get muscly. I'm trying to improve something. Well, how do you improve it? There's no magic pill that's been proven year and year after year after year. There's no quick fix there. We, we, we are in control of how our days roll out, how our lives roll out the way we live right now today. So December 18th or January 18th or March 18th, whatever it is, how you live that day is how you're going to start to live your life unless you change it. So to keep it as simple as I possibly can, the actions you make today, like for the rest of your day, not what you did before, just making a choice right now to do something different that's more positive, that's a healthier decision, that's realistically achievable but based on where you are right now, that is a sustainable practice that you can have as a daily little habit that can be consistent will eventually lead to a lifestyle that is healthier, more likely to be long-term, and it's enjoyable. So the journey becomes an enjoyable process, not like Groundhog Day, brutal boot camp, not sustainable. So little changes, little adjustments, but the only way you make those adjustments is to change where you are now. If you want to make those changes, you need to be more aware of how you're feeling right now in the moment. So that's why these breath exercises that I do are so powerful because it allows you just to go, actually, yeah, I'm feeling a bit anxious or I haven't moved today. You're right. I feel a little bit fidgety or I'm actually really hungry. I should probably eat something healthy, not something that's going to make me feel shit about myself. Or it's like you make the choices, back yourself, be accountable to that, set a positive intention and go and do it in that moment today, right now and then make that a habit every day. So you might have to listen to that back again, but it's not a riddle. It's more like that's that's in simple form. I've been a personal trainer for a long time. Nothing's really changed. There's no magic pill. There's no magic diet. There's no magic like recipe. It's on you. You choose how the day unfolds. You choose the practices that will eventually lead to being a healthier human being or a sick human being that is just basically punishing yourself What's more long-term? What are the little changes you can make? Nature, right food in your body, exercise, being kind to yourself and being more positive. That's it, all, all your choices. Nothing external, no one around you, 
can change who you are and how you feel about that situation. It's on you. Let that be empowering, not overwhelming, by making them small bite-sized changes. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. Rules to live by and hopefully not die by, but uh, <laughs> great tips. And I think, you know, particularly over Christmas, you know, movement for me and everybody, I think, in general to offset our little uh, restorative uh, things that we're probably going to indulge in, no doubt, at some point. But um, yeah, I really appreciate you making the time. Really grateful to have uh, had a lovely Friday morning with, with you on here. Uh, it feels like you're a million miles away in Wales, but uh, <laughs> hopefully see you again, if not over Christmas on Instagram, then in the new year. Are you coming back to do any more lives or you don't know? Maybe they'll be spontaneous. Otherwise, people just get a bit too conveniently like aware that they're happening, jumping in and out. I want some accountability from other people and I want some intention set from other people to start making those changes now and I'll help those people that are up for it. So let's see how it all unfolds. How can we how can we find you? If anyone's like, God, I need that man in my life, how do they how do they get hold of you? Um the live version or the more up-to-date daily version is probably still Instagram if you want like that insight. But the website gives you a lot more in depth, I guess, to where I've been and what I'm about and the training and the studies and the practices and the, the things that I live by and a bit more background. So, yeah, the website is uh, thestremtemple.co.uk and it's Richie Norton underscore for Instagram. Probably the best two places to hang out. Amazing. Thank you so much, Richie. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. No Enjoy worries. the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel Coming to you every day